Hi, it's David. As the year comes to a close, we wanted to take a look back at some of the podcasts that covered the biggest stories, people, and events in 2018. I also want to thank you for listening and hope you'll continue to join us every day in 2019. Happy holidays from all of us at TikTok. To suggest that we weren't interested in knowing the truth, or that we wanted to hide what we knew, or that we tried to prevent investigations is simply untrue. It has been two years since the 2016 election, and Facebook is still unable to escape the shadow of Russia's interference. The latest crisis comes from a report by the New York Times detailing Facebook's response to Russia's misinformation campaign. And again, it leads all the way to the top. This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today is Bloomberg's Facebook reporter, Sarah Fryer, in San Francisco. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. Thanks for having me. So break down for us what the New York Times reporting said. The New York Times was the closest we've gotten to seeing this direct line between how how uh, Facebook's executives, Mark Zuckerberg, Sheryl Sandberg, tried to obfuscate and then deflect and then deny some of the things that were happening to their company over the last couple of years. And what that means is, you know, we got to see boardroom conversations where mm-hmm. Sheryl Sandberg was upset that that, you know, the Russia investigation was being disclosed in such detail to the board um, where the board pushed back and said you know how do you not let us know about this earlier um, where there were a lot of discussions about you know once everything was out there once it was clear that Russia had been using Facebook to manipulate the election how Facebook then had to deal with scandal and scandal and then another scandal and then another scandal but threw it out at all of you know doing these behind the scenes, uh, pushbacks of their critics as they were coming out in the public and saying, we get it, we're working on this, we hear you. Behind the scenes, they were pushing back against regulation, they were pushing back against critics, um, and they were trying to discredit them. And so it, it seems to me that, you know, according to the story, Sheryl Sandberg was behind the scenes, uh, allegedly, I guess you could say, repressing the story, not wanting it to get out. But then when it got out, we saw her in front of Congress defending Facebook, and we saw her again this morning uh, on CBS, uh, again, defending Facebook. So she's kind of playing both sides of the fence. She is, and I think that the company has come out, and they say the same thing over and over. They say we were we were way too slow to recognize the threat. We're taking greater responsibility for our impact on society and we're going to do better and that's kind of just the mantra like no matter who you talk to at facebook whether it's cheryl or mark um now that now in response to this story they're coming out and saying the idea that we were at all trying to prevent investigation into this russian interference or disclosure to the public is is just wrong um so they're saying that they weren't they weren't uh, suppressing investigation, but actually the time story doesn't say they were suppressing investigation. It just says that they were angry that it happened. So you were on the phone call yesterday with Mark Zuckerberg and, and other reporters. How was his response yesterday different to past uh, crises that they've had to deal with? I think Zuckerberg realizes that that people have a lot of questions for him right now, and he's been doing these calls. I mean, this used to be unheard of. Um, last year, he would he would never do these sort of open-ended calls with reporters. I think transparency is one of the bigger areas where I think we need to continue doing more. And, you know, you've seen in the last few months, um, we're doing more of these calls. Now he's trying to do it more uh, in order to kind of understand what people are, are concerned about. And one of the questions he kept getting on the call was, 
is anyone going to get fired for this? Uh, and normally on these calls, he says, listen, I am, I am the CEO of Facebook. I have the control of Facebook. And if anyone's responsible for anything bad that happens, it's me. This time on the call, it was different. He said that, you know, of course we have to make tough personnel decisions at all, all the time as part of running a company. So that raised some speculation about, okay, well, maybe somebody is getting fired or has been fired. You said that people want answers. Um, and it seems to me that people want answers who work for Facebook, too. What's the mood like for people who are in Menlo Park working for Facebook? So I would say that the mood within Facebook is is pretty pretty gloomy. Um, I, I got some screenshots, actually, of conversations that were happening between employees on this anonymous messaging app called Blind. So most people within Facebook, they, they talk with each other on on the Facebook internal groups. They basically have the use Facebook for work. Um, but you know, when you're when you have this kind of scandal that touches your executives, it's easier to talk about that anonymously. And so people are saying, you know, I just I don't understand why our company doesn't have a moral compass. Like I don't understand why we keep have, having to clean up the messes of the people who got so rich off building this to the size that it is. And you know, why our leaders don't seem to know what's going on. Now, getting rich is, is a, a sore subject these days uh, because the stock is down 34% from its peak in July. And so a lot of employees are questioning whether Facebook can get out of this rut. You talk about people internally concerned with Facebook's growth. You see all the controversy that is surrounding Facebook. You mentioned uh, the dip in, in, in Facebook's value. All of this for a normal company would mean, most likely, uh, an exit from the top of, of the CEO or, or leadership. But we're not going to see that in this case, are we? Zuckerberg has the majority voting control of Facebook, um, and he's the executive chairman of the board and the chairman. Um, a reporter actually asked him on the call yesterday whether he should step down from that chairman role. Uh, and a separate reporter asked him if he thought that you know, Sheryl Sandberg needed to be held accountable. In both cases, he said, you know, I don't think that that's, you know, I love working with Cheryl. I think, you know, the way we've structured things is, is fine. Um, he he is saying that they're trying to bring in other independent, I think he, he feels that pressure and they're trying to bring in other independent uh, parties to help run Facebook in, in various ways. So like their third party fact checkers, and then they'll have a third-party content review board where people, if their stuff gets taken down, they can appeal it to this this third-party third body, which is going to be active next year. Um, but he, yeah, he can say, you know, listen, I don't think that me losing power is a good way to go. And as long as he thinks that, we can't really do anything about it. You know, we've talked before, you and me, about Facebook and the government's role in, in regulating them. Does that still feel like a non-starter to you because the government that would determine those regulations don't even understand what Facebook really is? I think the government's gotten a lot more savvy in, hmm. uh, in recent months about how Facebook works. And the leading Democrat on uh, antitrust tweeted the other day that Facebook's going to be held accountable 
And who knows how this is going to look, um, but I think that the their pain in Washington is not over, and certainly European investigators mm-hmm. are very interested in taking action as well. So, you know, we, we have new we have new people coming into the government in in the new year. Um, Anti tech sentiment right now is a is a pretty bipartisan issue. Uh, people can't decide exactly why they're mad at Facebook, but they all know that they are in some way. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what shakes out of that. Has Facebook become too big to fail, though? Well, in some ways, yes. You know, I read this this other piece in the New York Times yesterday from advertisers that were saying, oh, you know, we feel like like Facebook isn't doing the right thing and, and we're really concerned. Advertisers are not going to stop spending on Facebook, though. Facebook is the audience. That is how you find people to come use your product and the targeting is just so precise. So you can say like, I want to, I want to reach people who are based in New York, who run podcasts, you know, and you can find those people on Facebook. And, and it's just, it's just hard to imagine a world where, where that doesn't work out for them. Even if people don't like them, they still spend money there. And, it kind of goes back to what we what we remember Facebook from the early days. That Zuckerberg didn't really care if Facebook was cool; he just wanted it to be utility. You know, he wanted it to be something that was necessary for users. And I think what's become clear in recent years is that Facebook's users are advertisers. That's the customer. It's not the the person who uses Facebook every day to check updates from their friends. The ultimate customer is the advertiser. And if advertisers continue to spend money there, then, yeah, they'll continue to grow and it'll continue to be extremely powerful. Sarah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Make sure to follow Sarah on Twitter. She's at Sarah Fryer. That's a TikTok for today. Thanks for listening. And please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers. And you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.